It's June 21st, 2020, and welcome to episode 38 of the Baby Metal Podcast. We gather here in the podcast Discord server on alternate weeks to discuss news and thoughts on the past and future projects of Baby Metal. We invite you to join us, whether you're a longtime fan or have only just arrived. I am Paul, and I am joined by Garrett. Hello, everyone. And Callie. Hello, guys. And I guess the bird is a, the bird's kind of a, <sighs> been banished to another room. Yes. But he's still making his appearance known to at least me. I don't know if it's being caught up on. He's going through a blanket <laughs> and a door now at this point. <laughs> Poor guy. So let's see. So we have uh, a little bit of recent news that we can talk about that's happened since the last episode. And then uh, the main stuff that we're planning on talking about this time is the the cover songs that Baby Metal have played uh, that we've got recorded. Uh, and maybe also something about the artists that they've shared stages with which you know have has some overlap with that as well possibly the largest bit of recent news that we got is that they have finally announced the uh legend metal galaxy release the one set is announced and the various types uh, i assume everybody has had a chance to look at that for the yes. most part yeah yeah and pre-ordered it yep yep yeah <laughs> I, I ordered it quite quickly yeah <laughs> it ha- it so it comes in the same basic setup as the Tokyo Dome one did so there's there's uh the one set which has uh it has two blu-rays it has two CDs it has a photo book called apocalypse 64 pages expected and then there's a couple of other things that that it has but um I'll come back to that in a second um there's also beyond the one set there's also a LP sized version which is called the first first release, something like that. Um, which is it's basically like a twelve inch jacket for the Blu-rays. So it's okay. not, you know, it's it's a special edition of a sort, um, but it doesn't contain anything. I don't think except the Blu-rays. Uh, and then there's also sort of a, a pedestrian release, a peasant release. <laughs> <laughs> peasant release. Yeah. But so that's cool. Um, so yeah, the things that I didn't mention that are interesting and new are on on the um, Osmart site. It says there is a special interview uh, that comes with the the one version, Ooh. and special goods, and a little asterisk that says the special goods which decides about the design by fan voting. Which yeah, hmm. <laughs> fan voting. Yes, is it yeah. the one voting or is it the fan voting? It's nobody knows. Uh, nobody I think- knows. Because that, that's kind of a big deal. There's, from what I understand, there's a far number of fans who will mindlessly vote Baby Metal all day long. But Yes, but uh, so so we are, we're good at voting, but who knows? Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to expect. I hope it's the fans. I like to get, I like to put my say in there. Yeah. Well, I had the assumption that people have been making is that it's actually the people who have ordered the, the one set who get to Probably. vote. Probably. That would make sense. So... Yeah, maybe in an email or something. Yeah. Maybe. So I'm curious. I'm very curious to know what the options are going to be. No, we don't yeah. really know anything further. I bet all options are going to be amazing. It's going to be really difficult to choose. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If, and I, well, I do kind of wonder, though, if it's going to be sort of on the, on the you know, is it going to be a, a bandana or a dog collar or <laughs> yes. you know, straws? <laughs> My mind went to, went to t-shirt, but I don't know if they would send one with... I mean, All their merch has too. not been too glorious in the past. <laughs> mm. but. They, they might just surprise us and it'll be some completely random items. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought it would be pretty cool if it, if it was sort of like a, a piece of art where you get to vote for like pieces of it, you know? So like yeah, there, yeah. there are nine quadrants and you get to vote for two and then, you know, somehow the fans have contributed collaboratively to whatever it ends up being. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so that's kind of, that's kind of exciting. I mean, we knew this was coming, but it's, it's nice that it finally has. Highlighted BMC actually going to be on there. Yes. Yeah, they oh, have a, it's gonna a be list. Epic. That's, that's exciting. Very, very exciting. Yeah, I think so. The um, the one thing about so we've seen some previews of this stuff on Wow Wow, right? The, so both of these uh, days have been broadcast. Yes. Uh, and so we haven't seen BMC, but we've seen most of the rest of the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it is really, um, you know, I've, I've rewatched it a couple of times and it is really amazing just how fast those camera switches are. I mean, like it is really kind of hard to watch. It, it is. Yeah, I agree. So that's one thing that I really kind of, I just kind of want to watch like what they're doing and you so infrequently yeah. can really see what's happening because it's just jumping all around. Yeah. You kind of need to focus on well, as you said, what they're doing, but because they cut so quickly, it's it's really hard to focus. Yeah. My guess is that's going to be exactly what we see. So um, who knows? Who knows? But it's been announced and it's been pre-ordered by many people. Oh, and I noticed uh, that we were just talking last time about Mikitsune, and uh, I noticed that the in the translated track list, um, Disc one has Vixen on it. <laughs> so yeah. apparently this is one example of the the uh Osmart translations not quite managing it. Anyway, okay, so that's the that's one bit of news. Oh, and I guess when is it? Uh September 9th, I think is when it's supposed to ship. I've lost track yes, of it now. That's correct. Okay. Um pre order ends July fifth and becomes available September 9th. Okay. Oh, we should say what the price is, too. Um, oh, yes. 264,000 yen. <laughs> 26,000 yen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine, was, mine worked out to be about 240 pounds, including yeah. shipping. Yeah. And then, then I'll probably get about 60 pounds custom charge as well. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing that, so far, anyway, shipping into the U.S. has not had to account for i mean like there hasn't been any any special customs charges but yeah i got the i got the the one one and the the you know the lp sized one i did not get the other one but no i only got the one i didn't get any others yeah i know for tokyo dome it took me a while to really kind of bring myself to get the you know the lp sized one for that because it really is just it's just a folder <laughs> you know okay uh other news yui Mizuno turned 21. Happy 21st birthday, Yui. Yeah. Happy birthday. Uh, not surprisingly, no no indication of this happening from Baby Metal, but uh, Sakura Gakuin and uh, some other people that you know she hung out with in Sakura Gakuin tweeted about it and so forth. I think Omura put a birthday cake in his, uh, in his Twitter name. <laughs> yeah, that was really cute. I, I don't know why, but I think we discussed it the podcast before the Megatsune one, we were mm-hmm. we were talking about if we were going to, if they were going to tweet anything about Yui. I think the consensus was they weren't going to. So I don't know why I kind of, I don't know. I, I had hopes that they would do something, but yeah, we in keep my heart, hoping. I'm not surprised. I think we decided that last year they didn't do anything. So this year 
yeah. they probably wouldn't either. Yeah, I, I didn't pay that much attention actually to like what the tweets were. I know there was a lot of fan art and stuff like that. Oh yeah, yeah, there, there was quite a lot online. Whenever there's some kind of milestone like this, or like you know the anniversary of her announcing leaving the group or whatever, that um, hopefully you know we'll hear soon what her next thing is. <laughs> yeah, that would be exciting. It it shut all of us up for sure. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> to a certain degree maybe we'd start a new podcast yeah but um yeah so we got uh Ico uh, um tweeted a photo that i think we didn't have before but from 2015 to 2016 so it was kind of nice and then i guess the other bit of news is that we have another stream uh so legend s will be streamed on june 28th yay i think that's at 5 a.m for me or 6 yeah, something like that. Probably it's it's seven a.m. for me. Yeah, it's six a.m. Then I'm one hour behind you. Yeah, <laughs> I think I'm gonna try and get up and watch it. Yeah, it's it's kind of fun to to kind of go through, you know, to to sort of hang out with the group and do the streams and. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, there he is! <laughs> yeah, those <laughs> the are the birds. normally quiet ones. <laughs> <laughs> the bird woke up. <laughs> but they have so they have merch again, uh, which is I think why they announced it so far in advance. Um, there's a couple of shirts you can get. Uh, and there's Yay! this. <laughs> so what do you think of the, the, the talk about the special Sioux metal produced thing? Oh, it's just, it's so random, but so cool. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. There's a, it's a, a pet collar. Pet <laughs> collar. Yeah. Cause you can get different sizes. So hopefully I'm hoping the small is, is small enough for my cats. <laughs> That'd be cool. Yeah. Perhaps not, perhaps nothing hamster sized, but no, <laughs> but that's weird. I mean, you know, it's specifically advertised as produced by Sue metal on the, hmm. on the thing. Yeah. It's, I wonder if that's real. <laughs> I, I, my, my theory is that she just maybe thought of the idea of doing a pet collar and they're like, yeah, we'll do that done. <laughs> hey, 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 hey Sue metal. Do you like this pet collar? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Then you, you produced it. <laughs> See, they, they, there's, there's a doormat. That doormat would have to go inside my house. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think I have a place inside my house where I'd want to put a doormat out, and I don't trust it outside my house. Yeah, no. I, exactly. These are these are merch items. I mean, I guess you have to get, like, three of them. Two backups and one to actually put up yeah, outside your so. door. Yeah, I guess so. The t-shirt designs are really, really cool. I'm quite impressed. The KOD one's pretty cool looking. Really, mm-hmm. yeah, I really like the colors, and I like that mm-hmm. they've got purple in the first T-shirt as well. Yeah, I think I might actually get those. I, I uh... yes, get both. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do it. I have. I did. I did uh, get the Wembley ones, but no, I've I've received my two masks for from the UK store, so that's good. Oh, really? Yeah. How are they? They're really actually. Well, they're. They're okay. They're pretty cheap and basic, but it does the job. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that was kind of what I was gathering from the the Twitter reviews. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that they they could be better, but yeah. Someone in the chat mentioned the shirt's name KXOXD. And do we have any any guesses of what that could be? I think it's the artist's name. Oh, I have no idea. I think so. I had seen something about that theory somewhere um so one shirt is called ixk and the other one is called kxoxd mm-hmm. and i think it may actually have to do with the artist's name okay so did not know that yeah koba on demand is a kind of good 
good hypothesis as well. <laughs> yeah, that's <very laughs> yeah, good. that's a good one. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so interesting merch. Um, I think I probably am going to pass on the doormat. I really just don't know what I'm going to do with a doormat if yeah. it's not in front of a door. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it's like one of those like super absorbent like shower mats, I could totally see myself buying one of those, but not a doormat. Yeah, it depends what kind of material it is. If it's very like. Yeah very scratchy i think my cats would probably enjoy scratching on it <laughs> <laughs> that would not be a good purchase <laughs> no yeah. yeah i do have um i have a couple of those legend us merch things i have like the there's like a little notebook and stuff um yeah that's nice yeah also this is the anniversary of the sun also rises yokohama show so yeah. when they started uh back up again i don't know if that's meaningful but you know, it may just be that it just happened to be a Sunday or Saturday or whatever it is. What is it? A Sunday? A Sunday. It, but it but it, it definitely blew apart the uh, my my hoped for pattern of things happening on the tenths. Yeah, no. Because <laughs> they announced this on the nineteenth, and then you know it's happening on the twenty eighth. So they almost had a pattern. Yeah, the merchandise for this, just like the Wembley show, um, it's available at the UK and US stores, and it's only available for twenty four hours. So. Uh, and I think we're hopefully this will hit the feed, you know, like on the podcast feed before um, that actually happens. But who knows? Sometimes the editing goes slowly. Okay. Is there any other like news that we should be talking about? Not that I know of. I think that's, I think we about got it covered. Okay. But Legend S is the next thing we're hoping for or looking forward to. And then yep. after that, it's quiet. Yep. Although I think it has at least been the case that we've had something like once a month. It feels like it feels that way. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they might stream next. I mean, um, so far these have all been things you can buy relatively easily, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, Legend S. I was thinking about it earlier. It felt like Legend S was recent. You know, it, it's mm-hmm. not. It, that was all the way back in 2017. Right. Like, well, December of 2017. It's hard to believe it's already well over two years old. Yeah. And for going down the list of major shows, the next one would be Dark Knight Carnival. The ones that they've done so far are ones that there are pretty easy, you know, Western releases of to get. Um, oh, and also these things are all on iTunes. That was something that I don't think was true so recently. But um, you can get Legend of Us, you can get um, Tokyo Dome, you can get Wembley, and also Budokan. Um, and oh, and and uh, Legend IDZ, IDZ as well. So that actually kind of makes me think that perhaps Budokan and Legend IDZ. Uh, are possibilities for future streams i'd like that um they're both super old though oh yeah <laughs> <I> mean, like, <laughs> over five years yeah. at this point but i mean it would be a great way to get their name out there and show who they are to newer fans too because people who have discovered them through all these streaming events probably don't have too much of an idea of what they did six seven years ago yeah anyway we'll see so that's i guess what's coming up Okay, so the previous time, the other thing that I wanted to mention was the so the last episode before this one was on Megitsune, um, and we got a little bit of feedback, which might be worth talking about, and then Garrett, maybe we can also talk to you a little bit about it too, since you weren't here for that. Okay. Um, Rick on the subreddit post um, put a couple of notes in that were that were I think kind of maybe worth mentioning. So apparently, Megitsune went back to Yoyo Yupe um, many times for fine tuning. And uh, there apparently is a, a story that the that the final version was almost almost lost due to a computer failure. 
So, Jeez. Um, but definitely the, the back and forth, um, is something that we've heard about other songs too. I think, um, in the video, Moa mentions uh, that part of it was shot in a traditional house, so that probably wasn't actually in the in the shrine. Ah, okay. Um, that did come up as one of the things we were wondering about. Um, and then the there's some still shots of the filming of the video that I I had said I didn't know where they were from, but um, there's a blog post by Chidori Yakuma, um, who is the person who's doing the dance, the like the masked fan dance in the mm-hmm. video. Um, so this is with her movement design group and actually the people playing the musicians as well were f- from her group. Uh, so we can, I think we'll probably have a link uh, either that or you can go to the um, subreddit and find the link um, to the blog post that has these photos in it that has like the, the cameras on the tracks and stuff like that in front of the shrine. And yeah, I mean, I guess maybe, maybe now is a moment to just ask Garrett if there was anything that you wanted to say about the music of it. Cause I know you, you talked about um, learning how to play it. Yeah, Megatsune was one. I, I could, I guess, I can comfortably say the only guitar song, the only song by Babe Metal I can comfortably play on guitar. Like I learned like maybe the first forty-five seconds of Road of Resistance, and then it got really, really hard. <laughs> uh, that was before I kind of developed any kind of skill. But Megatsune, it's I think look, after looking at a lot of their tabs and trying to learn some of their music, it might be one of the easiest songs to play on guitar, in my opinion. And I have to say, in my opinion, because. Maybe there's easier ones out there that I haven't discovered yet, even though I've heard all of them. But mm-hmm. it's just a simple port- um, progression for one from the fifth fret, third fret, zero, and then one. And that's, the, that's pretty much the entire song. You get the chorus, verse, the whole thing. For the most part, repeated with accents during mm-hmm. the bridges and whatnot. That's all it is. But still pretty satisfying to play, I bet. Oh, very, yeah. <laughs> like, that's one of the few things that I like playing guitar so much is being able to learn a song and play it all the way through with the band and that amount of serotonin is enough to carry me on i guess but learning baby metal songs is fun because i don't know it's the whole i'm used to playing rock and metal it's almost a different genre learning their music we've talked about it before no two songs are the same yeah right and i think in a lot of metal music there's there's a kind of technicality that you know just sort of straightforward rock music doesn't have that yeah uh, it's a little toward the, you know, <laughs> whatever Prague area. Um, well, yeah, if you, if you compare Megatsune to, say, something like Starlight, um, it's just um, black and white, you know, it's one and two or one and zero. There's polar opposites, in my opinion, guitar-wise, because on Starlight, you have to have a lot of mechanical, finger mechanical skills to be able to pull off a lot of the movements they're doing mm-hmm. compared to Megatsune, where I could put the guitar in my little sister's hand and say, hold down these notes and then move to these <laughs> notes and then... And she would have the main riff just down pat. Yeah. Yeah. Or like the guitar part in Shine. <laughs> yeah. For example. Yeah. If tuned properly. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Uh, the, oh, and there was some, another comment that was on the subreddit was about, um, so quintessential was the word that I could not remember through the entire episode. <laughs> last okay, time. I, I, that's oh, a hard one. Right. <laughs> um, so, but um, the, and, and there was, there was a sort of a comment about whether this, the, whether, Mikitsune should be considered quintessential, and and the the competitors were Gimme Chocolate and Karate, uh, uh, as being possibly kind of like the prototypical baby metal. So I looked into it a little bit because I mean one of the things, one of the arguments for using Mikitsune is just that it's been played more than any other song. But but actually, when I went to count, basically, of course, Mikitsune came out before Gimme Chocolate, so uh, obviously Gimme Chocolate could not have been played as much as Mikitsune just in principle. Um, and it turns out that if if you sort of do the math. 
they've all just become permanent since their debut. So, I mean, um, Megizune has been played 232 times, I think it was, but um, as soon as Gimme Chocolate came out, it's been played, you know, as many times as Megizune has since that, in that time span. And same with karate. So all three of those are basically permanent since they since they started. Who knows? Maybe that means we'll do episodes on those two. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think yeah, actually these yeah. old ones, like there's much more to say about the old ones. I agree. We've all seen them live at this point. We know exactly. We can almost we can dance along in our heads, but not with our bodies. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But okay. Um so maybe now we can actually get to the topic. Um so the topic we were going to talk about this time was uh, baby metal cover songs. So I guess basically, uh, mainly this is songs that other people wrote that they played, uh, which they kind of had to do early on in order to fill shows. And then I think that also sort of fits in, you know, it's kind of the same topic as uh, artists they've shared the stage with, too. There's a fairly long list, actually. And a lot of this stuff is early. I mean, like, I don't think any of this is more recent than 2016, I was leaning towards 2015, but yeah. Yeah, might be 2015 might actually be correct. Um, once they, they're sort of famous enough and they have enough of a catalog, <laughs> then that then they don't need to um, sort of participate much in the... And I don't know if it's really completely accurate or worth saying, but I'm going to bring it up anyway. This is mm-hmm. about the same time period they brought in a comedy band as well. I think a lot of the stuff they're playing with, Baby Bones. Yeah. I can't think of the exact date, but I want to say like... I think you're right. I think you are correct that except for when they were like, with Dragon Force and Rob, Rob Halford and all that's that's later yeah. on though. Yeah. But a lot of the, a lot of the stuff was sort of sort of predates having an I'm actual comedy band. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's see. Um I think we have uh, so in there's a there's a Google Doc, a show notes document that uh we have in front of us that I'm looking at and there's things are in an order i don't think they're in chronological order they're just in an order in this document <laughs> maybe we can just go through it yeah i was kind of what, what was the first cover song they did does anybody know uh i was it chicago love and love machine the ewing's um but, moa ones oh, that's what i'm trying to figure legend 1997 1999 yes. had a bunch of cover songs in them so those maybe maybe we can just sort of talk about those shows the the 1999 is when ue and mo were born 1997 is when sue was born correct the legend 1999 1997 shows were basically themed around those so um so legend 1999 was centered around ue and moa legend 1997 was centered around sue right yes um, and so uh in the legend 1999 shows um they, this is one of the only times, this is basically the only time that, um, Yui Metal and Mall Metal had solos. So, um, that, that's where we had, um, the songs Chakoto Love and Love Machine. Uh, when was this? This was this 2013. So June 30th, 2013 is when these were. Okay. So that's not going to be the first cover. No. But I let's think... talk about it anyway. Because, right. <laughs> because you know, we're talking about them now. And so I think we talked about these before in principle, but both the songs that, that Yui and Moa did as solos were kind of derived from Morning Musume, which is pretty interesting. So um, the uh, Chakota Love, which translates as a little bit of love, um, uh, that is a, a, a Puchimoni, a Petit Moni um, cover, which is a subgroup of Morning Musume. 
Morning Musume we we know as being uh, Riho's old group, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so I think that that connection is kind of interesting. Anyway, uh, we can probably provide links somewhere to like the original songs, but um, you can listen to the original song of Chakota Love. Um, so that one, that one's one that Yui did, um, and then Love Machine is the one that Mo did. That was a Morning Musume proper. Both of these were songs from 1999, and they both contain the word love. So that's kind of how they were chosen, I think. You know, that they're from the year that they were born, and they contain the word love. Interestingly, actually, all the way up until yesterday, I didn't realize that Chakota Love wasn't a reference to chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, My brain never connected those two. I always just assumed it was a word for something I didn't know in Japanese. Yeah, um, that's what refer, I thought. Referred to it as, it is, as its name. Okay. Yeah. Chocolate. Well, I mean, I can I can kind of see it. <laughs> anyway, but it but it isn't. It's uh it's it's actually I think it's the same base as the like the chomate like wait a second um in Doki Doki Morning. So it's a uh, it's a little bit of love is what that stands for. Okay. But um anyway, it's interesting to go back and listen to the original songs. Uh, but the covers are so much better. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, it's really kind of depressing actually to listen to like. I mean, it's interesting to see what like what their source material was, but um, the composers on both of those just did a so much better job uh, on the on the like baby metalizing of them. Mm-hmm. I I agree. The metal versions are always got a little bit more flavor, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So, is there anything you wanted to sort of talk about about those specifically? Um, either either um, UE metal solo solo or mo metal solo. I, I remember back whenever I first started like getting into bathe metal and looking up all their songs because i had no idea like how to even find their music this is before i even started really i didn't really start listening to music a lot until after i graduated high school and i found bathe metal like right before i graduated um and so i remember going going through all their music and finding these solos i remember being drawn to these two and watching like wow they were these aren't even their songs they're they're i was in astonishment Mm -hmm. i remember watching chakoto love at least three or four times back to back to back and i remember I remember at one point, like, it got deleted. I remember it got removed, and then it was re-uploaded by somebody else, and then whoever re-uploaded it was, like, half the quality it used to be. Uh. And I think that's the version we still have today. It's just, like, half the quality it used to be. But I remember, this is before I understood what the commie band and stuff was. Like, I remember seeing those people in, in, in Baby Bones costumes and being amazed. Like, oh, hey, there's people in costumes playing guitars and stuff. How do they see? <laughs> right. <laughs> But yeah, that's about it. I yeah, I, I never really looked into the meaning of the words or the the lyrics, but they do these songs do have a place in my heart. I do I do remember listening to them back in the day. Between the two, I really like Chocolate Love more. I, yeah, that's the one I lean to. <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite as well. The thing that bothers me about both of these is is I mean it's related to that um, the comment you're making about the lower quality video being uploaded because I'm not crazy, am I? Well. Uh, I mean, I don't know. That separate question, perhaps. But <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, I I think I am okay. Um, but so I'm not sure actually what's on YouTube. But the the best available video for this is terrible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I remember the, being it being at least like 720p or 1080p. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's on the Blu-ray, but it's lit very badly, and the quality actually isn't all that great anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of tragic in a way that it really is you know there's there isn't a a better version of it because it's really hard to see what's going on um, just because it's all you know lit in yellow and red and but I like the songs I do watch them here and there 
Okay. Yeah. And then, so those actually, those, while we're talking about those, I guess, um, the one that's sort of paired with that, I guess it must be Soul's Refrain. So I was going to say that it was White Love, but um, White Love was actually from Legend D. So let's, maybe I'll talk about Soul's Refrain, uh, which is the the solo, uh, you know, the, the sort of relevant solo that was on Legend 1997 uh, by Sue. Um, so, this one is it's a Tamishi no Rufran, um, Soul's Refrain. It's the theme song for Neon Genesis Evangelion, uh, first used in Evangelion Death and Rebirth from 1997. I watched the anime series, and this song never came up. <laughs> huh. um, but I have not watched any of these movie you know, compilations or, or continuations, and so I, I, I don't know it from the context, but I'm pretty sure that the entire audience did. <laughs> Do you guys know the song uh, you know, sort of I- outside this context? Outside of the context of Babe Metal, I, I had no idea. Like I knew it was, I knew it was a cover, but I didn't know the anime. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. I know Kelly had you heard it before this. Uh, yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. Somebody in the chat said it was one of the most famous anime songs of all time. But okay, now it's a whole debate. <laughs> I, I mean, I think that's pro- that was what I was thinking. Is that um, you know I'm coming at this with a kind of a different background. Um, so I imagine everybody in that uh, audience knew exactly what she was doing as soon as she got like three notes into it <laughs> mm-hmm. so but it sounds really good i mean um and again you know i really like the metal version the original one fits you know the original one sounds like all the music in that series <laughs> mm. but um so it's good too but you know i i if i had a choice if i had to choose exactly one to listen to i would listen to the big metal one Let's see. So what else? Uh, so we have those. Those are the ones that um, I guess were from the Legend 1999-1997 shows. Um, is that it? Uh, well, there's one other co- cover from that show that we should probably talk about. But and anything else you wanted to talk about about those three that we've talked about so far? No. I've... No. Okay. Um, so the other one that, that showed up in Legend 1997 is Over the Future. Um, and that, that's a, that's, there's a whole like story about that. And so we should probably talk about that for a little while. Okay. But okay. So over the future is a song. Uh, it is by Karen girls. Karen girls is a group that has a, uh, that has a terrible name. Um, it is a name that bothers me every time I see it <laughs> because <laughs> this apostrophe S is in a completely the wrong place. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I have no idea what it's doing there. Um, but anyway, so it's it's Karen and then girl apostrophe s Karen girls. Um, Zetai Karen children is the anime that goes along with it. Um, and so Karen girls was basically a, a group created to do the the theme song for this. And they so they, they released like a little EP, basically a little mini album that has something on the lines of like eight songs on it. Two of those songs were used in kind of intros and stuff for this anime and the group existed only for the length of that anime. Um, but this is, so this, uh, group, of course, you know, like the, the, one of the main reasons that this is interesting is that, uh, Suzuka Nakamoto is in the group, right? This is, yes. this is her pre Sakura Gakuin. The pregame to her whole career. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've seen her. So she was, Sue was in, um, the, uh, actor school Hiroshima, uh, earlier than this i think i think um but anyway this is very early very early sue <laughs> at any rate um you know this was basically her and it was yui kashima and 
and Ayami Muto. Um, Sue and Ayami went on to be in Sakura Gakuin. Yuika went off to do her own thing and later later kind of reunited with Iterara uh, um, from Sakura Gakuin uh, to do Night of Spica, which was a fairly short-lived endeavor. They had actually a bunch of videos and stuff um, that they did. Uh, you can you can see them on the Amuse outlet, Stolabo Tokyo. Um, and they had a like a small album as well, which is pretty good, actually. But um, anyway, that's all beside the point. Karen Girls, uh, you know, one of the things they were famous for was this Over the Feature song. And that's the connection to Sue. Sue Metal, in her previous life, you know, had a hit with this song. Uh, and then there's also this um, connection with Yui and Moa, too, actually. So uh, maybe I can do the combination one first, which is that uh, they did... Um, at the beginning of, you know, when, when Yui and Moa sort of entered uh, Sakura Gakuin, they did this, um, what is sometimes referred to as an entrance exam video, which is basically them just doing choreography to a song, which happens to be this song <laughs> over the future. So those are, I think they're supposed to be something like audition tapes or whatever, except that they only exist for people who actually got in. So I do not believe that they are truly audition tapes. <laughs> mm. But uh, at any rate, you, you can see very, very tiny Yui and Moa dancing to the song. And then, you know, one of the things that happens in Sakura Gakuin is that they do these diaries. You know, each of the individual members will write up some little thing about what uh, things are going on with them or whatever. And uh, they'll they'll write them out and then they, they're available to the fans. Uh, and so one of the ones that Yui wrote up actually talked about both performing this and, you know, sort of Yui's history with this. And so one of the things that, that we know about this, uh, you can, I'm not going to sort of go through the entire uh, diary entry, but essentially Yui knows the song really well because she, uh, you know, well, first of all, you know, she really liked Karen Girls a lot and, you know, kind of wanted to, to do that. But um, so she wrote that sh- shortly after Karen Girls debuted, uh, someone in Yui's family got ill and it was a life-threatening illness and you know she was still in third grade and in shock and she went to the hospital every day um but wasn't allowed into the icu and she was very worried and so every day in the waiting room um you know she would basically just practice choreography to over the future (laughs) (laughs) while she like you know waited to see if her her family member you know regained health and so you know it's got this kind of like personal connection to yui as well um and so that that's you know that I think makes it sort of extra special that they actually got to perform it as Baby Metal later. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. Uh, I, I feel like I've been talking for a long time. Anyone yeah. else want to jump in I, and talk about the, I, the performance I, of it? I got this. Um, you can see um, Yui Metal's face when as soon as they get on stage to perform Over the Future. If you have not seen the video of them play it, the cover of it is so good. It starts off with um, Yui and moa singing the the opening to over the future and then sumel comes in later in the song as you if assuming you, most of you have seen that but you can just from hearing from the diary you can tell that yui metal was super excited to play the song super mm-hmm. excited and in her diary you can i can see if i can find it here real quick um it felt like a dream come true i was so happy so happy i was so happy three times <laughs> said it three Aww, times so sweet <laughs> so like seeing stuff like that and seeing her be able to live out her dreams in a way is kind of hard not to smile at you know yeah and that, that was another one where i bet the audience really you know that was probably a very uh well-known song to the audience oh i bet like oh but, i bet they're amazing to hear yeah. that live 
Yeah. So to be surprised by that. <laughs> I could only wish that I could go back in time to experience that because if I would have been in that room at that particular time, I would have had no idea. But like looking back, I wish that could have been something I've, I would have experienced. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think it's possible that, the, you know, like Yui's story about Over the Future was not well known at that time. Because I don't know how it would have even been. I think the, oh, yeah. the diary entry post dated that, but that's um, true. The, but I mean, like, still, I bet that the people at the show knew the song. They knew Sue was the original, one of the original members of the writers of the song. And I mean, it was it was staged really effectively. I mean, like the fact that they just had Yui and Ma out there at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Then Sue coming out was just such a powerful move. You almost have to drop your jaw. <laughs> yeah and i mean you know i also i mean they were all young of course at the time but um yui and Ma were sort of more age appropriate for that song <laughs> in a way yeah. so like it, it made sense that it was them doing it uh but sue coming out making like being the third you know one of the original performers of the song kind of kind of i'm sure everybody took note of that was and everybody was amazed with it like oh hey it's one of the original karen girls right performing one of her own songs with her own group yeah. years later. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm amazing. It is. It, it's pretty great. I, yeah. I think this one's probably my favorite cover song out of all of them to be, to be completely honest. Yeah. The original is pretty good too. I have to say. I mean, yeah. I've, I've heard it a couple of times. I don't think it holds a match to the baby metal <laughs> version, but yeah, I have the, you know, the Karen girls EP thing or album or, I never know what to call this because it's a short album, <laughs> but um, it's, but the whole thing is pretty good. I didn't even know they had a whole. I I didn't get that far into them. I just that foxhole, as you'd call it, ended whenever I was researching uh-huh. or looking into over the future. Yeah, and th- there is a kind of um, I don't know inside the family aspect to Yui's exposure to Karen girls. I don't really know. I'm, I'm kind of curious to know how big that anime was and how big karen girls was uh because you know i think yui was already kind of in a muse and sue and ayami were in a muse and you know like i think it's possible that yui knew it better because they were all kind of grouped together so so someone in the in the chat had mentioned that that um you know it's possible that one of the reasons that yui really liked uh sue and ayami and karen girls was because that she was in in a muse kids since 2007 and was already sort of exposed mm. to them as part of her you know routine that would make sense so anyway so yeah over the future among their covers that i would probably also put that at the top um i really like that a lot anyway anything else on over the future nope i think that's no. it for me okay go look it up though if you have if you don't somehow yeah, don't know it. if you have not seen that go do yeah. that and uh, do watch the original video too because it's really funny um you can i mean like sue is still sue <laughs> it's yeah, very funny no. <laughs> So you can sort of tell, like you watch it and you can just sort of see like, okay, this is the one that's going to be the rock star. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So let's see the, the, um, the other ones. Uh, so I, st- I started talking about white love before um, thinking that that was going to be the one that was sort of paired up with Chakota uh, love and love machine, because it's also, you know, it's released in Sue's birth year. It has the word love in it. It's a, cover but it was it was performed at legend d uh and not at legend 1997 and that's because legend d was sue's 15th birthday celebration so it's it has that same kind of connection to like the the reason it was picked i'm sure has to do with the 1997 ness of it and the and the having the word love in it 
So this was originally by a group called Speed. I did not know the group called Speed, but um, did I, I? I found the original. I don't think I really listened to it. But um, Speed is a it's a Toys Factory group originally, and it kind of I think uh, formed and reformed a couple of times. But um, anyway, the, the the baby metal version of it is great. I think this is the one that have I have like the least. I remember watching or I remember listening to White Love, but I I can't get it in my head on how it goes. I need to. No, I'm the same. I'm just literally just looking at it now. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it sounds like I know I've watched it. I know I've watched it, but this was yeah, it was a long time. In my head, yeah, yeah. I, I guess I have I have all of these in a in a audio playlist, you know. So they they go by it. Like I can I know what it sounds like fairly well just because i listen to it a lot <laughs> i don't know if there's actually all that much to say about this one in particular this one doesn't have that much history to it okay i okay i've caught back up now i heard the intro yeah i remember this one now yeah i like the tune of this one quite a bit yeah yeah i think this is of the covers this is the one that i tend to start at if i'm just specifically gonna go find a cover and hit play on it this one tends mm-hmm. to be the one i hit i say for me it was always over the future but i i feel like i've been neglecting white love a lot mm. like I'm, i have it playing in the background right now it's a lot more high energy than i remember i yeah. thought it was i thought it was closer to um soul soul refrain being a little bit slower song but no yeah okay let's see i think there are two more things that i want to talk about in this little list that i'm looking at here the first one since we're talking about slower songs is tsubasa wo kudasai um please give me wings or wings to fly this one is really slow actually <laughs> It is, let's see, when did they play it? They played it um, December 20th, 2012. So that's, um, I guess that's Legend D. So this was written in 1970. Uh, It was released by Akai Tori in February 1971. And it's kind of a folk song. It was, it was, um, it became the theme to the Japan team during the 1998 FIFA World Cup. Uh, So it's famous. It's very well known. It was part of the soundtrack of Evangelion 2.0. So again, a, Evangelion connection. Uh, and it, this one, unlike pretty much at the, any of the other ones that we've talked about so far, um, this one is really widely covered. So lots and lots of people in Japan have covered it. Uh, in fact, even Susan Boyle has covered it. <laughs> Susan, Susan Boyle. Boyle, wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which I think is pretty funny. It, it, her version is called Wings to Fly, but it's the same song. <laughs> yeah, this one is really pretty slow. Um, this one, I respect it. But I don't tend to listen to it very often. No, it's not one I've listened to probably more than three times. Me neither. (laughs) So, um, I don't know. It's kind of it's it's neat in its differentness, but it uh, it's rarely what I'm in the mood for. (laughs) Yeah, agreed. (laughs) Okay, and then I guess maybe the last one in this category is Kimito Anime Ga Mitai, um, or Answer for Animation with You. It is a cover. It's got a, kind yes. of a weird status. I certainly did not know. So it's a, it's a cover of Akiba of Akiba song, which is essentially identical. It is. It's just it's just the uh, voice that's different, isn't it? Yeah. They they're using the same um, music. Yeah, and and I think the same lyrics too, as far as I know. Oh yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's. Uh, you know the the subtitle of it says answer for animation with you so it's the japanese name of it is basically uh i'm not actually sure how it translates in terms of its actual sort of like aspect but it's something like mm. you know watching anime with you right yes yeah. with you 
anime watch. I just don't know if it's watching or to watch or I want to watch or something. Some order like that. Yeah. I feel this this song brings back it's just like um over the future brings back a lot of nostalgia for me. Like mm-hmm. I remember like, again first getting into Babe Metal like you don't really ever hear I remember fondly in the early days not being able to tell Yui and Moa apart like the first few weeks you know I had no idea which one was which or yeah. even their na- I didn't know their names at that point either you could say. And I remember coming across the song and them singing their own verses and I'm like oh hey this is what they sound like this is uh, a key to discovering who they actually are and what they sound like and then yeah. mm-hmm. The key yeah, to anime Gmetai was a, a good stepping stone for me as a fan. Me back too. In those days. Yeah, I think we had, we had the exact same kind of process of listening to Baby Metal. I'm just agreeing with everything <laughs> you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's possible that there, like, I almost never listened to the original. So it's possible that some of that stuff that you and Mar each saying are, in fact, not represented in the original. So that may be a place where it's different. Okay. Um, this was a weird, kind of weirdly released on a split single, so it's it's both a Kiba of a Kiba single and a Baby Metal single. <laughs> is it is it their first single they released? Was that before Doki Doki Morning? I I didn't even wasn't even aware this was released by Baby Metal at all. Oh yeah yeah I, yeah because it's I, on yeah and on a single and it's got the fox uh, design on the front. Oh, this is knowledge to me. Ah, oh, let me see if I can find it. Hang on. Yeah. See, I only ever found it on YouTube or on Daily Motion. It's released uh, March 2012. Doki Doki Morning was 2011. So yeah, um, I thought it was. Yeah. It's it's between Doki Doki Morning and Headbanger. There you go. There's the picture. Okay. I that does not look familiar to me at all. <laughs> oh really? Uh, okay. See. Perfect. That is new, news to me. Okay. Well, that's great. I mean, that's the 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 whole, the, whole, the point of the podcast is to introduce people to new stuff. Yes, this is, this is even if it's old. <laughs> I was familiar with the song, and I even knew the name Kiba of Akiba, but I did not know they did this. Okay, yeah. interesting. I didn't realize for a while that it was a, a cover, but it is uh, originally the Kiba of Akiba song, and it sounds pretty weird when you listen to the original one. So you can find the original on on YouTube, and you know it's it's the same song, but it's it's just not them singing it. One's just better than the other. Yeah, they do a bit more of a scream as well. Yeah. I really like the original of that song, actually. It's, re- it's really, really good. Yeah, um, that's one thing. Kiba of Akiba is, it's very sort of screamy vocals a lot of the time. Not There's some yeah. mm. you know, sort of harmonious stuff, too. See, that sounds right up my alley. I'm going to have to check yeah. this out now. Yeah. Uh, but so they had, the, so this single had Akiba of Akiba song by itself, Party at the BBS is what it's called. So it it does seem like Kiba of Akiba is kind of like technology focused <laughs> in a way. It's kind of funny. They they had a later song um called I'm trying to I'm trying to remember now what it was called. It's something like my my personal computer is dead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is just them screaming about like you know antiviruses and things. <laughs> Seems reasonable. I mean, pretty, well what else we what else would you title a song like that though? Yeah. Um but but they so also on Kiba of Akiba, there's a cover that they did of Doki Doki Morning, which is kind of um, interesting and terrible. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll take your opinion with a grain of salt. I might check that out, too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's an interesting oddity, you know, but it's not good. <laughs> um, okay. Anyway, that's basically the end of the cover songs that were really basically just baby metal performing covers. There's another category here. Like, there's a sort of there's sort of an obvious 
a set of songs that we have not talked about that everybody thinks of first, <laughs> mm-hmm. which have to do with when they were on the on stage with other people covering songs. I guess we can turn to that. Unless, is there anything further you wanted to say on any of what we already talked about? I kind of I want to mention it, but it's definitely not a point that we were talking about. But like I remember, but you said like these songs would come into your head like with other band members on on stage but there was a t- i forget what show it was it's the one where they had a giant statue of mary and they did like an edm version of headbanger and mm-hmm. i feel like that could almost be considered a cover of their own song but i yeah t- t- that's too like out there i think but no. if we ever do a- an episode on great performances i feel like that should be on there yeah. night of 15 yeah oh the not oh that is just amazing yeah i yeah. remember seeing that that was great yeah, the head, Headbanger Night of 15 mix. Yeah, when I first heard it, I was just blown away. I just couldn't, just after hearing all of their just their normal songs and to have this kind of dubstep mix added to it was just so, so cool. And the fact oh, that yeah. they played it live as well was just so cool. I'm not the biggest fan of EDM and dubstep type stuff, but hearing one of my favorite songs by them turn yeah. into that and have them, I agree. oh no, yeah. they, tur- it worked they made really it great. Well. They did. I agree. Yeah, and I, I I like it quite a lot. Um, it's I think there are two songs that have that kind of treatment to it. So so there's Headbanger, and then we just talked about the other one. Um, I guess it was Magitsune had a version of it, and I think you can so you can get both of those. The Night of Fifteen remix is on the special uh, editions of IDZ. There's um they did extra choreography for um the new mix as well. Yeah, so in the, in the show that they played that in, they actually played Headbanger twice, I think, um, because of that. I mean, you know, they they did the, um, they basically just sort of danced to this mix at first, and then later they just played it normally. Mm, yeah, yeah, that is the okay, one I, show uh, I'd. That's my favorite show. That's the one I'd go back in time to watch. I didn't realize they did. They played it twice. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. it's weird, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's a bit off. I mean, it make kind of makes sense. This same song, but played two totally different ways i guess that counts i would say that's them covering them their own thing perhaps okay <laughs> I, I see i was on the, i wanted to wait till the end to bring it up but i i thought it was like on the edge of it being worth talking about because we could always talk about it further later yeah oh and in, in the chat room there's some discussion of alternate mixes which i guess you know in a way that's probably not exactly the topic but there since it's kind of in what we've been mentioning here there are a couple of mixes of uh, which one is it Ine, I think Ine was on the second one, right? On on uh, Friends, and had a mix that was slightly different from the one that we get on the album. That just basically has just slightly different bit in the in the rap part, but it's better. <laughs> it's much better. Um, there's a there's a really effective thing where they they say so does nay, and then it breaks in, and it's just wonderful. And I really wish it did that on the album. <laughs> but okay enough rambling was there something someone wanted to try to get in there <laughs> no i i wrapped up my comment <laughs> okay i think we're going to move on to other people on stage yeah i guess maybe the first most obvious one is to talk about when they shared the stage with rob helford rob helford of judas priest mm-hmm. people love this because they can sort of send this link to their hater friends <laughs> right <laughs> so, look judas priest likes them We'll be on stage with them. Yeah, so the event that we have on video is the APMA, so the Alternative Press Music Awards, in 2016. They played karate on their own. Yeah. Then it was Breaking the Law and Painkiller, correct? 
Yes. I was, so what I was trying to figure out was what the um, award is that they got. But um, it was like a breakthrough artist or something, maybe. I um, think so. And uh, But anyway, so they, they got um, this award at the APMAs, and they played karate on their own. And then they had like a, a, one of these little movies. In the movie, they were introducing this concept of like baby metal joining the metal god, the metal resistance and the metal god, you know, joining forces. And so this was Rob Halford, lead singer of Judas Priest, joined them to sing Painkiller and Breaking the Law, which are two Judas Priest songs. Metal, like, staples in my opinion. Yeah. Um, it's, it was incredible to hear Sue Metal singing those two, like, in my opinion. I mean, not, not too many people get to get on stage with Rob Halford and sing Breaking the Law. And they all seem to be having a great time. I mean, that's oh, the, that's oh, the fun yeah. thing. I don't think it'd be possible to not have fun up there, to be honest, but... <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the commie band loved it, too. I mean, like, so, oh, yeah. so they got to play the music, with, right? Yeah, yeah, with the band. I mean, as a musician myself, I could only dream to be able to get on stage and play with another band that I yeah. idolize. Amazing opportunity. I don't. I, I kind of wonder how much they practiced, but um, it, it was it was really pretty funny because it's it's Sue a little bit out of character, I think. A little bit more of like a rock star than she normally is. <laughs> Less scripted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true, too. I mean, like, I, I think uh, it's probably a lot less scripted than what they're used to. Oh, yeah. Choreography wise, her you could, you could read the comments on her performance. You could definitely see people pointed out she she wasn't prepared to dance um, <laughs> as much as she was to sing. But yeah, she nailed it. Yeah. So that was the big one right? when they did this at the awards. But they actually played these songs twice. The other time they played them was when they were opening for Red Hot Chili Peppers. I think this was at the end of that tour. Um, so, Callie, did you see, did you actually see a Red Hot Chili Peppers show that they opened for? Yeah, yeah I did. I watched the show in Birmingham in December 2016. Yeah, that's what it, when it happened. Yeah. I'm jealous. Okay. So that's not the, not the, Birmingham is not where the O2 Arena is, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's kind of in okay. the middle. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I, I don't. My um, UK geography is not great, but no. Uh, so, but I guess in that same tour, um, at at the end, December eighteenth, twenty sixteen, at the O2 Arena, they they played yeah. both of these songs, and they had actually Chad Smith of Red Hot Chili Peppers on the drums for this, uh, and this is the the so I mean that's you know that's cool whatever, um, but this is also the the fairly famous bit where um, you know Sue thanks Chad Metal for for participating in this and uh and then he brings her a birthday cake because this was like two days before her birthday <laughs> you, i assume you've all seen this right yeah it is very funny it, either she's acting really well or she did not know that was going to happen <laughs> yeah but um yeah and i mean it was it was very sweet um and uh and it, oddly awkward too anyway it was cool uh, and yes, Chad Smith does indeed look like Will Ferrell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think they both went on a talk show once in America. Yeah, they, they had a drum off. Yeah, they did. Oh, that yeah, was very, you're right. Very yeah. <laughs> I, ever since I saw that, I couldn't get it out of my head. Now every time I see Chad Smith, I think of Will Ferrell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not fair. Right, back to Babe Metal, though. That's pretty cool. Anyway, yeah. So uh, these are times when they've played with like fancy people on stage, people from the metal world. If you call Red Hot Chili Peppers metal, I don't know if you would, but at any rate, you know, established world. 
there's one thing that I do not know. Well, there's two things that I don't know very much about um, on this list, but one of them is in 2015, again, jumping all over time here, there was Ultra Japan 2015, the Ultra Music Festival, um, and Skrillex was playing. Do you guys know Skrillex? Yes. I know his name. I know music, but I'm not familiar with him. Okay. So Callie, sounds like you know him better. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. I don't I don't think he does much now, but when it was kind of peak Skrillex, maybe it was like 2000, 2009, 2010, I was very into it. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't really look into it, and so I don't really know what the music is like. My impression is that uh, he's kind of playing a like almost like a DJ role, right? I mean, like he's kind of yeah. he's kind of constructing the music with instruments in front of him as he goes. It, yeah, it's pretty much just a DJ because yeah, the song. Is this, he just plays the song and then just changes it around like you know like a DJ would really because you you couldn't play all of all of that kind of synth and instruments in one show. Yeah. Okay. Or like Grimes does this too, sort of. Yeah. Uh, but so what basically what happened was Skrillex was playing at this festival and brought Baby Metal out for something like a Gimme Chocolate cover. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it is, but it was really only something like. I mean, like it was, the the beginning was, um, like the, it was it was all sort of mixed mixed in the way that a DJ would mix it, right? So um, there's a lot of sort of repeating stuff uh, in the intro, and then they come out, you know, Sue Yu and all come out. It's clear that they didn't quite know when it had started. No, it was quite <laughs> awkward. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, oh, okay, I guess we're going now. And then there was sort of like this part, you know, so there's a sort of a, a part that they were familiar with. And then and then it just sort of like broke into nothing recognizable. <laughs> and they kind of wandered away off stage and that was the end of it. <laughs> you know, the, like he kept going, but uh, their participation was, was sort of over after the first like 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear them on their mics at the side of the stage, I think, at the start of that song. Oh, you mean like talking to each other? Yeah. I think you can hear Mo. I think it's her. That's pretty cool. <laughs> anyway, it's an interesting event in their history. I think it's not something that I am going to intentionally listen to again. <laughs> so that's that's all I know about that. Is, is, there, yeah, is there anything I, I missed? I don't know, didn't know much about that either, but I, I feel like though it was just a feature on them, but I think they were only on stage for 30 seconds before Skrillex changed the knob to make a play a different song. I don't know. I feel like I don't know if I agree with that too much. I feel like it's not fair. Well, no. I, don't, I don't think it was so much them. I don't think he was necessarily playing a different song. He was just, he just had mutated it beyond recognition. Oh, yeah. yeah see, again, again, I still feel like it's just not doing them justice. It's not fair Yeah. to the, to the, to the crowd. I'm sure a good third of which came just to see baby metal. No. <laughs> I don't know if, the, I, I think it might've been a surprise actually. I don't know. If no, I think it, it was a surprise. Yeah. Happy surprise. I mean, yeah. I'm sure for them, it was great to be able to go on stage with one of their, fellow artists that they admire uh okay let's see the uh oh, actually uh, sort of speaking of surprise appearances i suppose maybe the next one we can mention is download 2015 where dragon force was playing at download and this was this was actually the time when the download promoter organizer had said basically like no way am i inviting baby metal <laughs> So um, they're, they're, you know, they're not going to be on the download, you know, agenda, but Dragon Force was there. Dragon Force had other plans. <laughs> and so <laughs> Dragon Force brought them on, which is pretty cool. So I guess from, from what I understand, actually, Dragon Force was getting, I'm, I'm okay. So I don't, I don't exactly know what 
the deal is with the Metal Hammer Golden Gods ceremony that was happening on June 15th, 2015. So I don't. What I don't know is whether it was Dragon Force or Babe Metal or both that were getting some kind of award at that thing. But they were both playing. So we knew we knew that they were both going to be playing at that ceremony, playing "Give Me Chocolate" and "Road of Resistance." So a little bit before that happened, there was a, an interview with um, Dragon Force ahead of download, sort of talking about the fact that it was coming up, and Dragon Force was. Uh, they were saying actually that they were pretty excited to be able to play "Road of Resistance" live with them. You know, for, for the first time they'd ever done that. <laughs> Dragon Force uh, participated in writing Road of Resistance. So, and if you listen, if you've ever heard ain't much of much Dragon Force, it's not too hard to tell. Yeah, pretty much every reaction you ever see to Road of Resistance says, "Oh, this sounds Dragon Forcey." Yeah, and I would comment about Dragon Force. Like, they, I liked Dragon Force before I even knew about Guitar Hero. So it's like, as soon as you mention Dragon Force, everybody's mind goes, "Oh, through the fire and the flames, the hardest song on Guitar Hero." No, yeah, are- that's what, that's what I think. <laughs> They're a, they're a whole band, <laughs> like they they tour. They have they have a bunch of other songs, and granted, a few of them sound similar, but they're very talented. Yeah, I think it's pretty clear that Koba took some inspiration following that event too. But yeah, so the prank that uh, Dragon Force played was essentially they you know they were invited on the download stage, and the download organization had said no way are we having Baby Metal there. So they so Dragon Force invited Baby Metal onto their set. <laughs> so that's cool. That was another another case where they were on stage with, you know, other artists. At the award show, the Metal Hammer Golden Gods Award thing, I assume most people have seen it. It's not. It's really not very pleasant uh, to watch, just because the people who introduce it are are terrible. <laughs> but, um, but you know, they're they're cute when they're getting their award at least. <laughs> yeah, Breakthrough Band Award is what they got for that. And then the last one, the last one actually was uh, I was just reminded of today. And I don't, I, I know the least about this, so it's possible that the chat room can help. Yeah, I, I read that and I have no idea. <laughs> like, I know who Jam Project is, like, but I don't yeah. know anything about this. The the thing that we don't know much about that we're about to talk about is the, uh, Sue Metal basically performed with Jam Project on a Jam Metal session. Uh, and so Jam Project is, I believe, this is Japan animation song makers. Um, and... What we have here, basically, you know, as as a record of this is audio only. We don't have, there's no video of this happening. But it was basically uh, at the Japan Pop Culture Carnival in 2013. Uh, they played three songs that Sumetal helped with the vocals on. So uh, the songs were Touch, uh, Yuzurenai, Nagai, and Cat's Eye. And these are all, they're basically an, anime songs. Um, so I don't, I don't, didn't quite finish looking up Touch, but Yuzurenai, the guy is from Magic Knight Ray Earth, and Cat's Eye is from Cat's Eye. Uh, so, anyway. Interesting. Yeah. I only know Jam Project because they did the intro to another anime, um, One Punch Man. That's the... Yes. Yes. You're right. Um, uh, I had noticed that, and I don't know anything about that except that I know that it has become quite um, famous recently. It's a kind of a funny anime. I've watched two animes in my life, and that's like one of the two. Pretty yeah. good. I'd recommend it. I think there's only two seasons out right now, though. Yeah, I am. I am curious about it at least. But back to Jam Project, though, like the song's called "Hero." I think the opening—it's pretty mm-hmm. catchy. They write pretty good, pretty catchy opening songs. I guess not too familiar with them otherwise. Cool. I mean, you know, and uh, it was—it's definitely interesting to hear the audio from these these songs, and, and you can hear Sue. <laughs> so it's not—it's not her by herself. She's sort of she's singing, you know, you know, like verses here and there. 
But mm-hmm. there was also an interview uh, by Asian Beat that was written up and translated uh, that talks about it, although really it's basically just Sue saying she had a good time <laughs> doing it. But uh, And it was described as uh, the event was together they performed metal versions of three famous anime songs. So uh, I think that's it. That's that actually exhausts all of the things that I had in the list here. The one thing I'm not sure about is whether they were, you know, like on stage with anyone, you know, just dancing around or whatever. There's an, uh, another list of people that they opened for, you know, when we were talking about the frog in the box mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Yes. Um, that was a time when they were promoting a show that they were doing in Taiwan with Sonic. I don't think that they interacted except for acceptance is kind of like a, a split show, you know, like opening act kind of thing. And they opened for several other people. So they opened for Lady Gaga in 2014, uh, Red Chili Peppers in December 2016 and April 2017, Metallica in January 2017, Guns N' Roses in January 2017, and Korn in summer 2017. So there are photos with all of these people. The chat room says, that's interesting. Here's something I did not know, I guess. Um, the chat room says that Chthonic and Big Metal were on stage together for Magitsune. So here we go. Yeah, I guess now we can call upon the chat room to tell us like what we're forgetting. <laughs> Helpful resources. Yeah. So okay. So so far we have um, Magitsune performed. Well, I should I should watch this video. I'm, I'm yeah I'm watching it right now. So are they both performing it? Yeah. There's people on stage I don't recognize. There's baby bones <laughs> with a guitar, two guitars of the Cathodic, however you pronounce the name. I still mm-hmm. can't get it. Yeah, yeah, they have baby baby bones playing all the traditional instruments and they have the a few members of the other band on stage playing guitar and bass with their singer that's cool yeah i did not know this existed this is new to me this is great uh, there are definitely some like backstage photos with all of these groups and um i think there's a relatively well-known video of lady gaga watching uh baby metal play yeah so so cool <laughs> yeah the chat room asks if corn did play with them I know they went on stage with them when they supported them because they they dressed up as the camis and put like the face paint on. Uh, yeah, it, there's that little bonus clip that they made, like a little montage of one of their shows. Oh, okay. But I don't I don't know if they actually played together. Oh, it's in the chat room. Oh, is it there? Okay, there you go. Okay. Did yeah they they are they are playing, but I don't know. They did come on stage and play along. That's fun. Oh, this this is the one where uh, like everybody's upset about the hug. Yes, the hug. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, fans. <laughs> I think... I don't know. Yeah, I don't think there was... There, there wasn't anything in particular further that I wanted to talk about. Uh, kind of ran off the end of the you know my little list of things here. Anyway, that that's... you know th- These are the things that we know about um, songs that they've covered and bands they've played with. And, um, you know, they have, they have a pretty good connection, I think, with quite a lot of the music scene. So I don't know what we're going to do next time. Um, but we will be here in couple weeks i think between now and then we're gonna have the legend us stream so that's yeah. good that's something to look forward to and who knows maybe there'll be more news maybe so and we can also maybe next time find out you know what happened to kevin <laughs> yeah <laughs> it would think... be me next <laughs> <laughs> can't make it. But, uh, that's okay i think um we'll, we'll get his thoughts on on whatever we missed on the covers next time so thanks everybody for joining in the chat and for helping out and with all the things we forgot. And thanks everyone who made it here for podcasting. 
that's it for this episode. You can join us on the Baby Metal Podcast Discord to continue the conversation. Rating the podcast on whatever platform you listen on will help people find it, so please do that. We'll be back here in about two weeks. We hope you'll join us then. And until then, see you.